trying the call-in feature for the first time on Anchor. I call Jordan where we talk about the umbrella of insecurities, which ranges from fear, shame, expectations, trust, and being vulnerable. So enjoy the show. What's up, Tony? Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to the 11th episode of 10 Years and Counting. Oh, God, um, number 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I mentioned the number. <laughs> um, so, yeah, today's episode is going to be about insecurities, which obviously could work either toward dating or relationships. Um, I know, like, one thing I've always noticed with insecurities is I feel like they usually take place when you start comparing. Mm-hmm. Like, I noticed this with, like, a friend of mine who tends to always be insecure, like, about someone when they start comparing them to someone else. Or or people use it to compare themselves or, like, compare that person that they're talking to to right. someone else they know. And that usually just, like, snowballs into, like, like I don't want to say batshit crazy, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, a, I, yeah. I have that, too. But, and I think, you know social media and in general for the past like decade has been contributing to that Um, yeah but i would say for me it's also like i and i'm okay with telling this to people i'm very self-centered or at least most of the time Mm. it's just my thoughts are always on myself and my future and my well-being um at least in my mind so when it comes to like any insecurities like to me, it's like one of those things, whether it's dating or relationships, I'm going to think of me in my context. Um, like I don't yeah. watch all these reality TV shows, um, whether it's on cable or, you know, regular TV, like I, I just don't follow it. So for me, it's just easier to focus on myself. Well, yeah. And I, I think in my, one of my episodes, we were, I, me and my friend were talking about being an only yep. child and how sometimes those are like things that people would bring up. It's like, oh, so you're an only child, so you should be like selfish or self-centered. And I was like, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> but I think it's just mostly because I feel like I'm usually always working mm-hmm. on myself and I'm not where I feel like I want to be yet. So that's something like I'm just constantly always working yeah, on yeah. myself and I don't really have the time to then, I don't want to say I don't have the time to focus on someone else, but if I'm not where I want to be, then it would be hard for me to then just, include someone else right. in that. No, and I agree. Like, I'm the same. I, um, I, I'm not an only child. I'm one of five. I have two brothers and two sisters. And, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like you said, like, I'm not where – I'm close to where I want to be in life, but I'm not quite there yet. So it's like it's easy for me to focus um, on myself. No, yeah. And, and not only that, but I think what makes it more interesting is – for me is another like sort of like insecurity that I have is since I'm not where I want to be, I'm pretty sure that if I'm supposed to talk or date with someone else, would they be okay with me not being where I, where I should be, I guess. And I think feel like that's like my own insecurity that I'm not okay with where I am. So how would that look on someone else? Where it's like, yeah, I like you. It's like, Oh, but I don't like Mm -hmm, myself. mm -hmm. No, it's funny. Cause uh, two, Two or three of my friends at work, like uh, in the evenings, we in some evenings we um, 
we commute home together where it's, you know, bus, train or you know, like when I'm getting a ride. And like, you know, I'm a very silly person, you know, very social, always have been. And one of the things that we almost always talk about is, you know, like relationships, like when people when you start getting closer to people at work or, you know, you know, people outside your family, you know, eventually I have found that it comes up. People start asking about, you know, like, why are you single? Oh, you're such a good guy. Oh, you know, you're such a catch. You know, all of those things that fall into that category. And then, you know, it takes time for me to tell the truth. And, you know, over time, it did take me, you know, like a little bit while to be as honest as I wanted to be. But now, you know, at age 27, I'm okay with just telling people like, you know, yeah, I've never, never had a boyfriend. Uh, and when there's like, oh, well, why is that? And I'm just like, before I would say like back in college, I would say, well, you know, I'm not focusing on that. In grad school, I'm not focusing on that. You know, like when I was done with school, I'm like still not focusing on that. And now I'm in school again and it's like, it's still, I'm like not actively focusing on dating dating and relationships. Uh, so it's sort of like I'm less focused on my own insecurities in that regard. You know, like unless yeah. it's about like my professional or personal development to get me to where I want to be in life you know, just living alone, uh, then it's not yeah. something I'm focusing on right now. But one of the funny things I started telling my friends, you know, is just like, I say no to love, you know, as a, as a joke, mm. um, you know, and I said it in like one of those Jim Carrey, Bugs Bunny-esque voice, you know, just, you know, to make each yeah. other laugh. But it's like, it's not really that I'm saying no to love, but I'm like, I'm not prioritizing it, um, even yeah. subconsciously, like, I'm just not focusing on it. And my mentor, one of the things she st she said to me, because um, we're both working on our doctoral programs right now, but one of the, the sage pieces of advice she gave me two months ago, right before I started, is don't put um, the most meaningful, and I'm paraphrasing, but don't put the most meaningful aspects of life on hold, you know, as you're chasing, you know, you know, education and career and things like that. And the way I interpreted her advice was about, you know, relationships and, and specifically, like, intimate relationships and you know finding a partner and all that stuff so then in that moment I started thinking I'm like okay maybe it's time I should you know really ponder why I'm single but then it's like I'm okay with my independence and there's a part of me that I don't know if that's an insecurity but there's a part of me that doesn't want to give up a hundred percent of you know my independence in my time and make room for someone else like I'm not entirely sure I'm ready for that but because at the same time i've never had a relationship with a man or a woman i have no basis to say it yeah and i feel like that sort of like leans towards like one of the things i was going to bring up was being dependent on someone else like the thing with me is that people do know that i tend to go out often even though i'm not really like i've like i i went out with someone i think a couple of months mm -hmm. ago and I did tell them, I was like, yeah, I've been single for 10 years. I was like, wait, you've never been on a date? So I was like, what? That, that's not what I said. You took one thing and you made it another. And I always find it interesting because people would assume that either because I've been single, I've never been right. out with someone. It's like, that's not right, the right. case. It's just me. I either, honestly, like, that is a legitimate, like, I, I don't even want to say it's insecurity. It's a right. fear of being dependent on someone right. else because... It, I don't know. It depends on, like, who you are, I think, at the end of the day. If you're someone who's still trying to achieve mm -hmm. something, you're not going to want to be dependent on someone else to get you right. there. I mean, but there's also, like, if we're talking about dependence versus independence, I mean, 
I and I also say the other stuff. Like I'm all over the place, Tony, which is why I feel like you know my friends, you know, they enjoy having this conversation because I can be my silly, you know, authentic, funny self and honest about these things. But it's like I live alone, and I like living alone. Mm-hmm. I always have, whether yeah. it's, you know, I didn't have to share a room with my younger or my older brother at the time, or, you know, I had my own dorm room or whatever, or a staff apartment, and now my own apartment. I like it. But then sometimes it does become lonely. But I'm also, the mm-hmm. you know, the type of person who enjoys, you know, paying his own bills and not waiting around for someone and not having someone to check in on or have someone ask me where I am and check my time and all that. But um, I feel like, there's certain things, and I talked about this with another friend. Um, it's like if I had to, you know, you know, draft up a relationship agreement, you know, it would be like, <laughs> why well, I, I don't want to be around all the time. Like, you know, if five days, you know, I'm at work, it'd be nice to, you know, like hang out at least two of those days and, you know, text or talk on the phone or FaceTime, you know, another few of those days. But um, the way, you know, I see like relationships, you know, they start out all very, you know, cutesy and like, intense with like the texting and the emojis and like you know the warm butterflies and it's just like you hear the ping whether it's facebook messenger instagram snapchat anything and it's just like yeah you you start feeling something but to me it's like that's mm-hmm. okay to that's not quite dependence you know that's just that's just yeah. you know the new feelings that come with a new relationship or the formation of a new kinship and you know like i i wouldn't mind like i i'm an independent person I used to be dependent on my, you know, on my mother. So it's just like, there's nothing wrong with the separation of independence and dependence. You know, in some ways it's a way for growth, but it'd be nice yeah. to find, you know, like, uh, you know, a man that I could be with and call my partner and call, you know, like partner in life, all that jazzy stuff. Um, but it does take time. I'm not saying I'm not ever going to be willing to sacrifice my independence because to me, that's a little bit rigid and, that mm-hmm. to me can further push people away. And when you were talking about like, you know, telling people that you've been, you know, out of a relationship for 10 years, it's like, for me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense for me to say, well, oh, well, because I'm 27, I've been single for 27 years. Like to me, that would push everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, <laughs> I don't even focus on the number. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I've gone, I've gone on dates. I felt like I've been close to finding people it would have been nice to be seen as being in a relationship with them but it's like i appreciated them for what they would represent and not for what we could be mm. as a couple so for then i knew i see. like you know maturity and from you know my wiser friends that it's not that's not meant to be like i wouldn't want my first boyfriend to be just you know for optics or for you know public yeah. opinion or for the amount of mm-hmm. likes on Facebook and, and Instagram and all that. It's like, cause, cause then it's not, it's not like, what, do, what's connecting it? Yeah, no, I definitely see that. I actually have never really thought of it that way, which is pretty cool. Um, I know with me when it comes like, I think in my last episode, I sort of like spoke about, I, I don't like have like full fledged like depression, but I have like my moments where it's like, I need to be, alone or i don't really know like there's not like no specific feeling that's going on and i felt like through that i realized i've used that as an Mm -hmm. excuse for getting into a relationship because with me is that i don't want to feel viewed as like needy right right 
like mostly needy because they're like, oh, if I'm going through this, it's like, no, I'm so used to going through this on my own. I don't want to burden them with like, oh, you know, I need this or I need that. It's like, no, right. I'm good. Like, give me like a couple of days. I'll get over it. And even though like this relationship was like, obviously like 10 years ago, so I was like 18, right. 19, 18. Yeah. Um, I know like during that time, since it was new, I felt like I was clingy. And it was just because it was something new and I didn't understand. And I was like, oh, so we need to talk every day. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I was like, no, I don't want to be that person. And I feel like I would be that person because I'm not used to having, not say share, because that just sounds childish. No, but it's true. <laughs> but, but like, in a way, it's like, look, I didn't have to share things as a kid, which is great. Like, I had things that like, were mine and not saying like a partner is mine because that just sounds dumb but in a way it's like we're sharing each other's time mm. and I was like I get that and if I don't know if it's because I have a lack of experience of that thinking will I relapse like that again and I feel like that's definitely one of my insecurities right. well it's funny it's I didn't realize that until after um you and I settled that you know I would speak on this topic but um, do you watch the, the HBO show Insecure, the first two seasons? Yes. So, I mean, and, yes. and that's, it's such a popular show because, you know, like regardless of the, you know, the audience, everybody can find a little bit of themselves in any of, in some of the characters. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's so true. And it's like the awkwardness that comes that manifests from someone's in, insecurities, be they man, woman, gay, straight, um, by trans. I mean, it's just like, it's very an individualistic thing. And I feel like if you're not, if you don't have the time to reflect or be introspective about what makes you insecure, whether it be yourself or a past event or experience or a mistake that you have made or something you did to someone, then it's like, it's like you said, if you, you were 18, then now you're, you're a different person. So you gotta you have to have that time to process it because like the insecurities I had um you know when I was still closeted back in like middle school and high school trying to figure out you know like I want I clearly like these boys but I shouldn't you know let let people let on to that so I'm gonna pretend that I like these girls but because I was a young gay boy it was like most of my friends had always been girls so it's like it was almost easier for me to do that but even young as I was, it still added on to my insecurity because it made me further struggle with my identity. How does, how does an 11 year old, a 12 year old, a 13 year old, you know, come into young adulthood trying to, you know, find what it means to be like a teenage openly gay, um, you know, homosexual man or whatever. And, you know, feel okay with that. And it's like, now I'm come to a place where it's like, I'm out. I've been out for, you know, like seven years. I don't have to um, go out of my way to explain so much about my homosexuality or my identity and things like that. And still, I find it like, you know, in society, it's still like it's a societal thing, you know, that we have around age Mm -hmm. that if you get to a certain age, you should have a certain, you know, you should have certain boxes checked off on some grandmaster list. And but the thing is, everybody's list is different and as it should be. So it's like I'm OK yeah. now if I'm insecure with certain things, because it may just not be my time. It may not be my moment to have that click, you know, like there's nothing wrong 
in my late 20s, me focusing on like money and stability and, you know, understanding finances and investments to setting myself up. But at the same time, there's like different types of wealth. So people will be like, okay, yeah. you have a lot of friends, you have a large family, you know, your bank account looks like that, your credit score looks like that, you know, you travel, you know, X, Y, and Z amount of times and go in all these places, you have X, Y, you have how many followers across all your social media, but then still, it's like, yeah, well, I also have three main insecurities, and how many times do I deal with them? Oh, some point, sometimes some people go to therapy, some people listen to podcasts, some people are reading self-help books. Um, so it's like it doesn't always have to be about dating and relationships. But what I like about the show Insecurities is that they, she's Issa Rae, she's putting it all out there, you know, and yeah. it's like that's what not everybody can do that. But it's helpful to see some people do that and it be awkward and a bumbling mess. But it's still it's out there, you know, so it's yeah, you're, you're confronting it. And I feel like sometimes I acknowledge that I don't want to confront these insecurities whether they about me or with other people. Yeah, and it's, I, I was listening, I mean, not listening, I was reading this article that was written, so they, uh, I forgot where it was now, but they were interviewing uh, Donald Glover. And one of the things he brought up, especially because like season two of Atlanta was coming yeah. up, and one of the things that he brought up was that sometimes storytelling works like, especially like with his content, mm -hmm. it like comes from himself. Right. So I've noticed that even though I can't really talk about my insecurities or right. anything, but I use my writing and my podcast. Absolutely. Well, like, even though like I can't go face to face to someone and tell them, Hey, these are all my insecurities. It's like, no, but I'll write them down and I'll actually publish them. I don't expect anyone to actually exactly. read them or anything, but it's my way of yep. venting. Yep. I was hanging out with a bunch of um, other friends from college last night for someone's birthday. And, you know, they one, one of them was asking me, oh, you know, Jordan, do you still, you know, like, how's the writing going? Um, and the other one's like, oh, well, are you still writing poetry? And I'm like, in college, I was. Yeah, because freshman year of college, um, 10 years ago, I definitely was uh, starting to, you know, discover my identity as a poet and own mm -hmm. what it means to, you know, as you say, vent but for me, using creative writing, and it could be like anything. A lot of my earlier poems were about, you know, like my issues with my family, um, you know, when I was still closeted, because I came out 2011. And, you know, so the first two years of college, it was just like a lot of those poems were about like me wanting to share, you know, my homosexual identity with the world, but mainly with myself, you know, to, be, to come yeah. at peace with it. And if it wasn't about that, it was about the relationships that I had or didn't have and I, you know, really wanted or just about like family drama and friend drama. Um, but it's like, it was an easier way for me to like, you know, disperse these insecurities onto the paper and either read them. And I was like really feeling myself as a poet, like not many of them were seen by the world, um, but like I'd read them over and I'd be like, yep, you know, I can see the insecurity jumping off the page. Um, and now it's just like, I'm processing it in a different way. Like I'm more comfortable talking about it, you know, um, as opposed to having to put so much of it uh, to paper. Now I feel a lot more comfortable and confident talking about it because I feel like it's, it's, it is confronting the, the insecurity because it's acknowledging it if I'm saying it. Yeah. Because I know like with me, uh, especially like I'm a little bit more open than I was before. So um, 
I know with me, it's like fear drives me to stay mm-hmm. closed. So, and not, not even, in, I mean, closed in terms of just like opening right. up. So, like, if I'm feeling one specific way, it's like, I, odds are, I wouldn't be able to talk about it while it's going on. But once it's over, it's like, oh, good. Now I can talk about it. <laughs> like, I can't talk about it while it's going on. And I was actually talking to someone on Instagram that, like, I met through, like, a social media, like, a, through a Twitter chat. And one of the things that we that I brought up was, or, like, he was talking about was that in order for someone to be, like, a legit advocate of, like, mental yeah. health, one of the things you would have to do is actually talk about it while it's Correct. going on. And I was like, oh, that's a good thing because I can't yeah. do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but like me, I can, I can process it while it's going on and actually write about it. But to actually indulge and talk about it while it's going on, yeah. no, I'm not at that level. No, I yet. did. I did um, last fall. No, two, two years ago. I did the uh, mental health first aid training. And it's like an eight-hour day, and yeah, you're talking about serious things like depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicide, and yeah, it's like yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta do the work in order to you know be an advocate and be one of the main helpers, um, because the people that have those competencies and what it means to really advocate for people that have um, those mental health challenges is like even if you have it now or you're enduring now or you've had it in your past, you acknowledge it, and it, like it helps build the rapport. And it focuses you on what, what's really at task. And some of it, you can't just classify that as like an insecurity because obviously it goes deeper um, into the medical history and behavior and, you know, cognition and all that. But I agree. I agree completely. You got you to like do the legwork. Yeah. And I think that sometimes people don't realize that. Like I, I think I was talking to my friend about him like getting into like working out and Sometimes people always ask, oh, like, what's the quick solution? It's like, oh, like, why is that? (laughs) And I bet a lot of people would ask, what's the quick solution to mental health? It's like, there is no quick solution to that. Like, that's something I'm still learning and going through. And I know I've been going through this for about eight years or seven or eight years. Like, the first time, like, I actually realized, oh, what is this? (laughs) And I'm still learning how to process all of it, too. So it's a work in progress but like for some people it's like all right i have this feeling how do i fix that it's like that's not gonna it's not gonna work right right away and i think it also depends on um like how how you how are you actually making a difference in your own life by doing Mm -hmm. things for you that that's in your power to do like me if i the way i'm um processing and you know working on my personal development is i set goals you know I set resolutions, yeah. but the thing is I'm an upholder because I keep them. Like I live alone. So it's like, it's really, it's not, I can't say I, I'm too busy to work on myself. You know, like the job that I have working in higher education, student affairs, like it, it, it allows me, you know, on a, on an almost daily basis to focus on others. But, and when you're focusing on others, the good thing is, you know, my problems are temporarily off of myself and onto those that I serve. But then you know, I come back home and there's how many hours of a day, you know, by the time I get back home and then I got the weekend and stuff. But it's just like every year I have goals about how I can work on myself and improve myself. And it's like centering that around self, self-care and wellness is something that all of my friends and family, like last year, I did a lot of interviews with them 
for this course I was in and I had to ask them about my areas of improvement. And a lot of them are saying, yeah, like self-care, you know, take a trip and, you know, focus on yourself and eat better and get more rest. And, you know, don't be so concerned about your family and, oh, you're always helping your friends, you know, like make sure you don't become a doormat. And at, at times mm-hmm. it was a little bit hard to hear it, but it's truth. And my word for 2018 is truth. And one of the things I did last month is I took a trip and I had not. And since we keep talking about the numbers, you know, like 17, 18, 10, 27, my trip last year to France, I mean, last month to France for a week, um, I hadn't been out of the country for 11 months, 11 years. Um, so it's just like there are steps that we can take, um, you know, to empower our own growth. And it's like even on that trip, I was insecure about certain things, but it is also a point where you can't be stopped by your own insecurities. And even though some insecurities may not go away forever, even if they go away mm-hmm. long enough for you to be present and mindful to enjoy, you know, something as small as like a, a day in Paris alone, that I'm all for that, you know, and people can do that, whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship, whether you're married or whether you've been, you know, unmarried, but in a long-term relationship for like decades, I feel like, you know, dating or being in a relationship that doesn't, you know, mean you have no insecurities. It could mean that, you know, they're exacerbated at sometimes because we're talking about confrontation and in some ways being yeah. with someone else, you're, you're being confronted with that person and, and their insecurities, you know, and it's small things, you know? No. And it's interesting. Cause I know like one question I was like looking up cause I was just like trying to figure out what to talk about in terms of like insecurities. And one thing that came up was um, if it's easier to talk about insecurities while you're dating someone or like getting to know someone or deep in a relationship. And I feel like that's not an easy question to mm, answer, but it is an interesting one because yeah, it is. No, for sure. That's why like, I was like, yes, I like that question, even though I, have, I don't have an answer for that. And I bet like there are people that are deep in relationships that actually have insecurities. Right. They just probably never talked about it. But I think it depends on how you interact with that partner. Like, are you able if, if you're someone that's comfortable enough to talk about things that are actually going on in your head in a relationship, then odds are you're probably going to talk about insecurities. But then again, I can't really speak on that, but I thought that was an interesting perspective because I feel like even if you talk about it early on when you're meeting someone, you're, for some people, they may be scared. It's like, oh, I'm talking about my insecurities. Will they use that against me at right. some point? No, I mean, my, my few examples, you know, in the dating realm is like, I have not been, I wasn't always so comfortable talking about that. So if anything, I definitely stared you know, straight, uh, steered the conversation away from my insecurities or their insecurities. But it's also feel like the, the people that I was going on dates with, with the exception of like one or two guys, it wasn't really, um, there wasn't really much substance there to even want to build a foundation with them because, you know, I was so vain and focused on like looks and the physicality and the masculinity and, you know, the fit like the physical, sexual chemistry fit of what it would mean to, you know, take it further with this person that I, I'm not going to talk about what makes me insecure as I'm trying to like present myself in the best light to sort of draw that person in. So it's almost as just like, it doesn't, it's like, like to me, it wasn't sexy to like, 
you know, talk about insecurities. It wasn't alluring. And it wouldn't be vice versa. Like, I wouldn't get turned on by a guy just telling me, like, what makes him insecure. But in other people, like, mm-hmm. depending on the chemistry that we have, yeah, I think it is con- I think it is contingent upon chemistry and communication um, about, like, if someone's really sharing with me. Like, sometimes sharing is sexy. I'm not going to lie. But if you're if you're blubbering or if you're like like we were talking, you mentioned the word earlier, Tony, about clingy. Like if you're too clingy yeah. and and you're insecure and you're comfortable sharing yeah. them to me, no, that's not sexy. But if you know that's a lot, you got like the swag and you're good. You know, if you're charismatic and you got the winking going on and the muscles and the tattoo and the bad educated black man type thing, whatever you know. So whatever floats anybody's boat, man or woman. I feel like there's a way where you can communicate your insecurities and it be, it'd be good. It, op- it keeps those uh, open lines of communication um, open. And I think eventually after this phone call or after the podcast, I'm going to see if I could find that uh, someone was circulating on Facebook last year about this, uh, this, this African-American older woman. She was like someone's grandma giving like advice about love and sex and marriage and I think I remembered sharing it. And it was just so true because it's like you have to get to know the person so well, she was saying, to the point where the other things that society or that mainstream society think is going to carry a relationship or make dating exciting isn't really truth. You know, it has to be more than yeah. sex. It has to be more than the physical features and, you know, the chemistry there. It has to be like, really, do you know this person? Do you know what? what drives them and motivates them. Do you know what makes them sad? Do you know what makes them tick? And I feel like talking about insecurities is a part of that. Like I want to know to be the partner that my partner wants to be with. It would be great to know that I can share this or that, you know? And it's like when I'm having conversations that are in depth like this, I'd be like, you know, I'd be a catch. You know, why am I single? <laughs> but then yeah. I'm just like, it's okay that I'm single, you know? Like it's, it's not my time or it's coming around the corner. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people definitely, I, I know, like, early, like especially a couple of years ago, I remember my friends like, oh, so, like, New Year, are you going to be in a relationship? It's like, I, I can't plan for that. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but that just kind of defeats the purpose. Like, am I just now looking for a relationship just to right, have right. one? So I think, like, after a while, I think after one person said, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? I'm just going to say this just so they can leave me alone right. about it. But I realize most of my New Year's resolutions aren't like, to, they're not really resolutions. They're just like goals that I want to shoot for. Like, I want to be able to, like, I like creating content. So it's like, for me, it's like create more content than I did the year before, right. uh, read more than I did the year before. So, like, specific things are just towards like my own self, um, I say growth. And it would be odd to have like New Year going in thinking, all right, how do I get someone else in my life? It's like, no, you have for that not only be prepared but be willing to do that i feel like maybe some people tend to like rush Mm -hmm. in to that concept um i know a friend of mine was telling me it's like like she wanted to say i want to actually be on one of your dates just to see what that's like (laughs) it's like you know what that would that would be amazing because i would actually like feedback (laughs) from an outside perspective it's like why did you say that or why did you do that because I know with me, I tend to joke around a lot just because that's just who I am. And I know one time someone's like, oh, yeah, I just didn't feel a connection. It's like, I know you didn't because I didn't actually let someone in to actually create a connection. Like, I was okay just talking about 
specific topics that could just lead to a conversation, but not anything that was meaningful. Like it, it would force me to go out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and I've I've had I've had my friends say that also. Like um, they wish they could, you know, just see how I am, and you know, like over time, if all your friends and family have about someone's relationship history or dating history for someone like me who's never been in a relationship, it's almost easier for them to like develop this image in their mind of the behavior, you know, or of the style of, you know, wooing and, you know, flirting and all that. And it's like me, it's like sometimes early on, I like to give the perception that, yeah, like it's easy. It's, it's definitely not like me. I'm sort of like, I am that person who's comfortable, like going to like movies and, you know, you know, gay bars or anything like that alone, having a few drinks and, you know, dancing alone, men, women, and talking up bartenders and all that. But it's like, what I, what I realized after college is just that it's, that was hiding an insecurity. And it's like mm. that we you mentioned the word fear earlier. It's like, yeah, I had a fear of being alone. I definitely communicated a fear to a lot of my friends when I was coming out to them. But like one of the things I would say is like, oh, I don't really see myself in a relationship ever, you know, and I acted as if I was fine with that, you know, but I was 19, 20 that, you know, I clearly did not. And it's just like, yeah, it's not it's not the truth. So I'm going to go out and do these things to hide the insecurity, you know, but like drinking and all that it doesn't and I'm, i mean i'm not a smoker but drinking and smoking and all those types of you know those vices and those behaviors it doesn't make the insecurities disappear you know so yeah it's like a very small sm- patch for a specific very amount of small. time and sometimes it makes you know taking off the patch you know more more painful yeah I've always been curious if like insecurities like plays a like i think shame plays right. a factor and not like to, from other people. I mean, mm-hmm. from yourself. Like, I remember one time someone like called me out on something. I was like, wait, really? I do that? It's like, nah, no, I don't. And then like when I started thinking about it, I was like, oh, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I probably would never have brought that up because it would be admitting that I have a right, right. And I think that's something that some people, I, I'm actually sometimes insecure about too. It's like, oh, I'm not perfect. That should right. be okay. But right. it's not. For me, like, even, like, if I'm working on something, uh, like, I know in my last uh, job, like, one thing, I was like, hey, so can you get this done at a specific time? I was like, yeah. But I hated always handing something in that wasn't to, like, my, like, thought process of right. perfect. To your standards. Like, yeah, like, I have, like, a high standard when it's, like, something that I'm going to get right. judged on. I want to be amazing at it because it's, like, it reflects myself. But if I have to like do something that's rushed, it's like, oh, that's not me. And it's probably going to look weird. It's like, it's not going to look the right way. And sure. And I didn't actually notice that like, like trying to be perfect is actually like some, is probably some form of insecurity Mm -hmm. too, because then you're not okay with just being okay. I mean, insecurities is such a, it's such a broad, broad term and, and an umbrella subject area that so many things could fall under being insecure and you know just if you look at the show i mean there's a whole podcast that they have about you know the insecure show and it's like 
it's in the workplace. It's with family. It's with, you know, intimate relationships. It, it's with relationships from the past that you're not even fully gotten over. It's, you know, insecurities about yourself and your own mental state and your body and, you know, how people perceive you and, you know, white privilege. And I mean, it's just, it's so many, it's so many things and it manifests in so many different ways. And I feel like, you know, dating and relationship, all of this is like one massive sociological experiment, right? And it's like, you know, if you show your insecurities, minus 10, but if you show your truth, plus 25, and it's like, yeah, it would be great. You know, like, I do want to live in my truth, but also this year, for me, living in my truth is like, for me to also say, it is okay for me to be a 27-year-old um, black gay man living alone, focused on his career, his home, his health, and his happiness, and not prioritizing, again, finding a partner, you know, who we're at, who, you know, we vibe and we have the same rhythm. Because, again, I'm not dead yet. Like, there's, I, you know, I, I yeah. want to actually find a partner before I die. But if I'm not focusing on that right now while I'm doing these other things, it's okay. Is that an insecurity? I would not call it such. Other people may, but I don't. <laughs> you know, like I've got, I think the last date I went on was um, February 2016. So yeah, two years ago. And it was, you know, like I kind of, it was like on a Tinder, like, you know, we'd match quick. I think the first date was like some ice festival, some winter carnival at Bryant Park. And then for the second date, we went to go see Moonlight. Um, so I had seen nice. it for a second time. And it's like, I put a lot of thought into like first dates and second dates. And it's just like, I feel like the guys, like we ghosted each other. And it's like, I've been ghosted Mm. on and I've ghosted guys. So it's like, I'm not mad at that. You know, I I don't think it's good um, uh, to to, to do that to someone. But for me, it was just like, that's also a, a ploy that can be used if you are insecure. And rather than have the opportunity to talk about it and really flesh it out, I'm just going to fade away. You know, I'm just going to like disappear because I feel like, yeah, sharing those insecurities with some people, for me, I feel like that's taking it a step further. The reason why I have friends and then best friends and then associates is because I could share my insecurities with my best friends, you know, may never say it fully with my family, but I'll definitely say it with my Mm -hmm. best friends because (laughs) they put in the years of laying on the floor, you know, just talking nonsense and laughing you know, while we're crying and, you know, you know, and cracking up all of that stuff. So they know what makes me insecure. So one of my best friends, Jessica, what I always tell her is like, you know, like sometimes it feel as if we're dating our friends. You know, I know people be like, no, yeah. that's stupid. You can't, you know, you're not dating your friends. I'm like, sometimes it does feel like I'm dating my friends because to me, like dating one or being in a relationship, you have to put forth a certain level of you know, mental energy to think about that person. It takes a certain level of thought. Would you agree? And yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I'm dating a lot of you people because I'm checking in, you know, I'm asking how's it going with your partners and in your love lives and in your sex lives and in your children's life, all that stuff. And to me, sometimes it feels like I'm dating y'all. We go out, we have our monthly dinners, we go to the movies. And what is interesting though, is just like, I, I really don't like going out to, um, dinners or outings and being the third wheel with certain couples or certain of my friends partners mm. because it's either I'm not that close to them or it's gonna come up about like oh well Jordan you know how come you don't have a man yet but like oh Jordan you're such a good person I'm like I know I'm a good person 
I don't need you to remind yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not looking yeah, for that I, satisfaction. I I'm just here to have a good time. Keep yeah. it. I'm fine. And, you know, I'm yeah. clearly not fine, but it's just like it brings it to bear when someone else who doesn't know you so well starts probing. And it's like I get quickly mm-hmm. defensive. Um, and it's like I, I like to control. You know, control is a big thing with me, which probably, you know, goes back into mm-hmm. independence, dependence type of thing. And like, but it's like I'd like to choose what I share and when I share it. And for someone who doesn't know mm-hmm. me so well, who could be like the partner of a friend, you know, they, they start, you know, seeing things that the friends are probably too close to see. You know, they're seeing, yeah, they're, they're, they're called blind spots for a reason. And sometimes it's the people who don't know us at all who can see someone in pain or see what someone's hiding very clearly and for me i want to stay the hell away from those people yeah (laughs) no i definitely see all of that like i know i think a friend of mine they well they're not together anymore but at a specific time we it did feel like it was a third wheel but not at all just because i've been friends with that person for years and i knew like their their partner for a couple of years so it didn't feel like that but i i do understand like the blind spots too because i know sometimes i'll have someone that i don't know i'll bring something up and they'll analyze it right away and i'm like oh that's i never knew that about myself but i didn't ask that's good to know but now do i actually take this information (laughs) and use it or make believe it never happened and just go back to just being myself. No, that's true. And I feel like sometimes people may be scared about the idea of carrying baggage. Oh, yeah. But I was like, everyone has baggage. Yeah, because I mean, everyone has I, security. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know... Um, I, so I remember when I was first... The first couple of years after, like, that relationship... A lot of people figured, or at least my close friends figured, the reason why I wasn't in a, like trying to be in a relationship was because that ended because I got right. cheated on. And I was like, I don't want to say that's it, but it is. So, but I didn't really think about that until I actually. I don't know if you know this, but like at Baruch, they actually had like free oh, therapy. Yeah. I did. I did three sessions yeah. up in yeah. freshman semester. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like uh, my friend told me about it I was like oh I'm gonna do the same thing and it was cool like I I know like one thing like he he definitely brought up like the the cheating thing and then like the year before that my parents had gotten divorced and before that like something else I was like I was just bottling up all that information and not talking about it until it came full forward you know full full forward during that talk and I was like oh, I see. (laughs) Like, I do legit have trust issues. But even though I don't understand that because for some reason, some people are really comfortable talking to me about their stuff. But then if I had to be the one to share, it's like, nah, let's talk about something else. (laughs) Like, I'll find a way to, like, answer that question in a vague enough way where it's like, all right, cool, I answered that question. All right, let's move to something else. Nope, that makes sense. And it's funny because, like, when I had gone um, to therapy, you know, first time to the counseling center, because all colleges and universities have, like, you know, or most, if not all, have, um, you know, counseling. And it's good. It's a very, like, underutilized resource back 
when I went, I fell, but now it's, you know, way more prevalent as, you know, more people are going to colleges with like diagnosed and undiagnosed mental challenges. But for me, it was just like, I went because relationship stuff, you know, with like family and like at the time I was closeted. So I went because I, I really wanted to tell someone that I was gay, but I didn't want it to come out in a therapy session to, you know, essentially still a stranger. Um, mm-hmm. So we spent that time talking about everything else, all these other, um, you know, issues with people that were still, again, hiding my own insecurities with, you know, being closeted. Um, but then, you know, two years later, I came out. Um, but it's, it, it is just like an interesting thing, because I feel like even, even having never been in a relationship, I, I, I still feel that people are, you're gonna pick and choose who you want to share your insecurities with. Again, it's not like, it's not like a fan favorite, you know, it's not like something you want to pull out, yeah. you know, to really rope someone. And it's like, to me, it's still very, it's a sensitive, um, care, you know, carefully crafted conversation I'd like to have with someone, you know, who's worth having a conversation that intimate with, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to just fling it out there. Like it's a Frisbee or a boomerang <laughs> and wait for it to come back and bite me in the ass. Some people don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'd be amazed if someone's like, hey, nice meeting you. I have depression. It's like, wait, what? Like, whoa, we just met like 10 right. minutes ago. You're already like bringing that up. Say, like, what? No, no one's really going right. to so do like, that. And they're, they're, they're but it would be. Now where people are, you know, there could be something where it's like you're oversharing. You're sharing too much or you're yeah. sharing too fast. And it's yeah. like, I've, I used to do that. Like, I'm the, I'm the person who, mm-hmm. you know, I'll see a, a guy at a gay bar literally fell in love at first sight but most of my friends they and my family they, they know i see these men and i'm just like i literally am drooling or i am barking or i used to bark all that stuff you know pretend to be like a vampire <laughs> on the loose all of that and it's just like it's not it wasn't true so like one time i saw this guy and he knows this like if i bring it up with him um he'll, he'll still laugh it's like i i fell in love with him like literally just with his style and just like his his whole you know, sense of being. And like the very next day, that was back when I was still writing poetry. This is like in grad school days. I um, I wrote him a poem, sent it to him right away. It literally could have been classified as a love poem and sent it to him, you know? And I, I've done that, you know, probably a year pre- prior to another guy who, you know, we were, we had gone on several dates. And, you know, it's just like I, I get caught up in the moment. It's like very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, let me write on this love poem. But in my mind, I'm like, you know, what? let me uh, let me get this down on paper. And then the afterthought is like, yeah, you know, what? let me just share this with someone. And to me, that's not sharing insecurity. That's like sharing my truth. It may be like very it's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a good word yeah. that we haven't actually used yet is like it's vulnerability. And that's definitely a conversation yeah. I've had with my best friends like. You're putting yourself out there or you're not. And it's like, if you can be so yeah. vulnerable with like friends and family, but then someone that you're saying to yourself, it'd be nice to get to know, how do you craft that timeline? Um, and again, people could be listening to this Tony, be like, oh, wow, they're really still talking about this. Perhaps you're taking it too seriously. Yeah. But in my mind, like, that's how it works. Like, I got to think these things through. No, and I, it was great. I'm surprised I didn't even like notice that we haven't used that word yet, but it does take a specific, you know, I don't want to say like skill, but like trust in order to just break whatever vulnerabilities you have. It's like, I know with me, I'm definitely have a lot of those and I rarely bring them up. That's why I start like building walls. Like, all right, cool. 
And and even when I had that therapy session, it's like, oh, he got through one, but he's not going to get through right. the other 10. <laughs> and it's because I was afraid of being vulnerable in front of someone that I don't know. So if I'm not okay with like someone who's professional, whose like job is to like, not technically like break me, but like find ways to, you know, inspire me to open up. How do I do that with someone who's probably not really going to do that in that exact right. way? Like, and, and I bet with them, it's like, it's not even being vulnerable. Like it is. So like being vulnerable to say, to tell someone, Hey, this is my truth. Here's, here's all of it. And then even if someone's like, Oh, well, that's cool. Deep then I'm thinking, all right, are you judging that? But you're just saying it's cool right. for now. So it, it also goes back to that too. It's sort of like fear, vulnerable, like all of these words can live under that umbrella of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. And I, I remember there's this one specific thing that I saw where someone said, if someone checks someone else's mm-hmm. phone, is that like an insecurity? It's like, yeah, yes, that is. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it goes back to like one, you're being like, even checking someone's phone and imagine if they got caught, it's like, you're vulnerable right, right there. Uh, you're that's scared the trust right thing. there. Like, that's there's... the trust thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you're insecure if you don't let your man or woman go through your phone or your email. And I'm like, no, I mean, I think shouldn't the goal be to aspire to be in a relationship and a state of flow where there is open and mutual trust where someone doesn't even have to think about doing that. You yeah. know, like that's that shouldn't be highlighting my insecurity. It'd be like, aha, look at you. You don't want some. No. You should definitely no, not like, want why? to, you know, be with someone who has to have that conversation. Stay away from my phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would be interested, like, if that was to, like, ever happen. I would, I don't know if I would be the person I would think, like, I would probably ask, why do you feel the need to? Am I doing right. something wrong that's, like, forcing you right. to think that? Or is this specifically on you? And I feel like sometimes people would do that because they're not having the proper type of communication. Mm-hmm. Like, so like if someone, I don't know, I bet this happens, like someone's going to go out, they don't tell their partner, they get home, say, hey, where have you been? It's like, oh, I was out with the guys. Were you really? Because you could have just said that in the first place. So I bet like things like that just snowball too, based on whatever issues take place. And like communication is a huge factor too. Like if you're comfortable, you should be able to communicate about anything. I think, but then again, it depends on the person. Everyone's built differently. I mean, there's so many insecurities to focus on, and I also feel like sometimes what what exacerbates them is just, like, who you're talking about them with. You know, like, I, yeah. I'm in a, a mastermind um, group or a mastermind circle with two of my very good friends. Um, one of them is one of my best friends from Baruch, Tony, um, mm. Janiel, and we always talk about, like, the way, like, for friendships and relationships, like who pours into you, right? And the person that pours into you is sort of like, it's an investment, you know? It's like this intangible investment that you're making into people. Um, And with insecurities, I, sometimes I don't need to share them with certain people because then it almost opens up lines of communication for like feedback and advice and opinions and suggestions that, I either did not ask for or are uncalled for, unwarranted, and invalid. Like, for me, I try to be very mindful 
if someone's asking me for dating and relationship advice, most of the people who are doing so, they know that I've never had a long-term, you know, or short-term serious relationship. So I'm like, anything that I tell you is going to be a little bit hinted, you know, with my point of view from my life and my experiences. So, and it's the same, it's the same thing in security. It's just like, people should always be mindful about the advice that they're giving when it comes to someone else's insecurities, because you don't know how your words or how your actions are going to affect people. So you want to be mindful about like who you're having that conversation with, even outside of dating and relationships, you know, because not everybody needs to know everything that's going on. You know, like we live in an age of like information and technology, but also privacy and confidentiality is almost becoming a thing of a very foreign creature, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, especially with like technology and like even social media, you get to the point where it's like, what's considered too much? Oh sharing? God, yes. But the thing is, like, and it's yeah. so easy to just click it. Sometimes it's just like with me. Yeah, and I'm I'm guilty of it, and I can say this. Like, uh, a hot guy, mus- muscles and tattoos, he can post about his insecurities on Instagram, and I'm gonna like it. I'm not reading what yeah. he's posting, but I'm liking it because of the image. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. am I really reading his message about him sharing his insecurities? And I'm not. And if I have to go deeper, why am I not? It's because, like, do I not care or am I just too lazy to click that says see more and read these paragraphs? You know, like people are posting paragraphs and essays sharing their bleeding hearts of their insecurities and their desires. And I'm telling you, Tony, I am not always here for it. You know, and it's like, yeah. again, I think it goes back to what, what I started saying when we started talking on the pod about like being me being self-centered and focused on myself and my development and my mental health and, and me. But I'm the type of person who's not posting that. I'm sharing it with very yeah. key select people that meet a certain criteria. Um, and right. it's like they've almost they've proven themselves through several performance and authentic tasks of friendship and family and kinship and brotherhood that they get to hear it. But, and I feel like that's the thing, like you have to like reach a specific level in order to, you know, deserve whatever it is you right. want to share. Like I know with me, I do it through like posting on Medium. I don't assume everyone's going to read that because I'm pretty sure most people are just scrolling through. They'll see articles like, all right, cool. You know, they'll pass by. It's like, okay, good. I wasn't really expecting you to read it anyways. It's just like my like level. Like even if someone who I don't even know responds to it, I would find that a little bit more as a, like, I'll take that more as an invite to a conversation than it is. Right, right. No, you're right. Just because, like, I know with that person, it's like, you're still anonymous to me. So you don't really even have that fear of saying, oh, I completely get it. It's like, you're right. And even if someone does understand it, they would never comment on it. They would, like, then go to direct message. And they'll be like, hey, I read what you wrote. Amazing stuff. I feel the same way. It's like, oh, cool. You wouldn't actually comment on it in public because you don't also want people to know what you're going through, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I know we're almost at an hour mm. and yeah, and I'm pretty I'm also getting hungry too, so <laughs> see like this is a little, see this is the point where it's too much. Shit. <laughs> 
but yeah, definitely. Thanks for coming on the podcast and especially like talking about insecurities. Cause I know like usually that can be a difficult topic yeah. to talk about. Well, I'm a, the good thing is Tony, I'm a talker. I, you know, ori- originally, like I said, like I had reservations about talking on the topic itself, the category of dating and relationships, but like, I actually enjoyed the conversation because things come up again. Like I told you when you're actually talking and sharing them aloud you know, in a conversation, in an open dialogue like this, you know, I start of it helps to be reflective through conversation. So all for it. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Thanks again. Um, I'm probably going to share this around Wednesday. So I guess like be on the lookout for that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, yeah, so I'm definitely going to this usually on different platforms. So like once it's shared, people will be able to find it wherever you guys want. Uh, for if you do listen on Apple Podcasts, definitely uh, rate and review because that'd be awesome. Oh, cool! Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, for sure. But cool. Thanks again, and have a good day. All right. See you, Tony. Take it easy.